I don't know about the rest of you, but I really enjoy this music. Our team at Believe did a fantastic job putting it together, and it gets me in a great mindset to talk about hoops, bets, and the bad behaviors we display as fans because our teams make us go out of our minds. We are screaming from the sidelines, and today is Wednesday, which means another episode will also be on the board today. I'm Greg Silver. You can find me on Twitter at Greg O Silver. That's G-R-E-G-O-H-S-I-L-B-E-R. I'll also put a link to it in this episode description. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, share, all that fun stuff. It won't take you long, and every bit means a lot as we continue building up the show on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. The WNBA finals are happening and they are close to ending. The Aces are up two to nothing and have a chance to close out the series and capture their first ever franchise championship tomorrow night. But first, let's talk about a big story around basketball that has to do with both the WNBA and the NBA. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury, has been suspended one year and fined $10 million following an investigation by the NBA. According to their report, the NBA found that Sarver, quote, engaged in conduct that clearly violated common workplace standards as reflected in team and league rules and policies. This conduct included the use of racially insensitive language, unequal treatment of female employees, sex-related statements and conduct, and harsh treatment of employees that on occasion constituted bullying, end quote. Other parts of the investigation include that Sarver used the N-word at least five times when recounting the statements of others and also treated employees harshly by yelling or cursing at them. The release noted that the investigation made no finding that Robert Sarver's workplace misconduct was motivated by racial or gender-based animus, but the NBA is not taking this so lightly. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver released a statement, which included these next few sentences, as he said, I am hopeful that the NBA community will use this opportunity to reflect on what this great game means to people everywhere and the values of equality, respect, and inclusion that it strives to represent. Regardless of position, power, or intent, we all need to recognize the corrosive and hurtful impact of racially insensitive and demeaning language and behavior. On behalf of the entire NBA, I apologize to all those impacted by the misconduct outlined in the investigator's report. We must do better. Uh, Yeah, we must do better indeed, Adam. And by the way, if you're going to act like this, as an owner, you probably shouldn't go face-to-face with the NBA, given how they take these situations. I commend Adam Silver for the job he does year in and year out, and I'm looking forward to discussing the NBA all year long when it tips off on October 18th, so just over a month away. Robert Sarver will not be seen anywhere near the Phoenix Suns or Phoenix Mercury facilities, and I hope that this sends a message to not just people across the world of basketball, but in the world of sports or just in the world period 
that we have to be better and we can't be acting in these sort of ways. So the Connecticut Sun are on to the finals. We're going to talk WNBA now. They ended game five against Chicago on an 18-0 run, which began with an altercation under the basket between Dewana Bonner and Kalea Copper. So the only reason I bring that up is because we hadn't talked about the Connecticut Sun getting to the finals since our last episode, and it looked like it was not going to happen. They were trailing by double digits going into the fourth quarter, and an 18-0 run to finish it was just stunning to do so on the road. Certainly displayed the kind of grit that this team is capable of, and just another reminder not to fully count them out even when it is so tempting to do so and when they look dead in the water. Let's talk about game one against the Aces, which they the Aces took that one 67 to 64. It was a low scoring affair, but they got the victory. They protected their home court. And actually a quick aside before we dive into game one, which is that in that game three, that insane game three between the Aces and the Storm, Asia Wilson earned a 58.7 WNBA crunch time rating for her fourth quarter performance, which is just code for pretty damn good as the MVP of the league. And I think of the final, she is showing that uh, if it's not Brianna Stewart getting in her way, it is really tough to stop her. And she was pretty sensational in that last series against the storm anyway, but right now they just don't have an answer for her. And, she has her eyes on the sweep. So it's a hard team to beat when you have to worry about stopping the MVP and three other prolific scorers, all of whom can push it up the floor in a hurry. So the overview of game one is that the Aces got out to an early lead, but it was the second quarter that Connecticut stuffed their momentum and went into halftime with an advantage of their own. They actually did not have a single assist in the second quarter, which marked the first time they'd been held without an assist in any quarter for the entire season. This game had some hot and cold. If we're going to start with the hot, well, it was the MVP herself, Asia Wilson. She had 24 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 11 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Chelsea Gray, who's had just an absolutely phenomenal an astonishing postseason, added 21 points of her own. And it's just hard to say she's done anything wrong throughout this postseason. But there was also a little bit of X-Factor action. Dierica Hamby provided great minutes as she continues to recover from her bone contusion. Uh, and Becky Hammond had a great quote about this. She said that she was ready to go. I just got to the point where I was like, my biggest, baddest beast is sitting over there. I've just got to throw her in. They want to play a rough game. She's my girl. And the Sun, well, that's what they do. They rough you up. They play you inside. They try to beat you on the glass. So Hamby coming off the bench and providing those minutes, it was a little boost for the Aces. But if we're going to talk about the Sun, they had some players who showed out as well, one of them being Alyssa Thomas. She said they have a lot of confidence despite that loss after game one. She had 19 points, 11 rebounds, and then John Quall Jones added 15 points and nine rebounds. The cold was two players who were not really used to seeing cold. That was Kelsey Plum and Dewana Bonner. And both of them went one for nine from the field, despite playing over 30 minutes and both underperformed in the plus minus category. Bonner was minus eight. 
Plum was at an even zero. Game two happened last night, and the Aces just responded even harder, now putting the Sun in a deep hole that they have to climb out of once again. Dewana Bonner went one for nine, just as she did in game one. Uh, Courtney Williams, John Paul Jones, and Alyssa Thomas, they all scored in double figures, but the Aces were just too much because Asia Wilson had 26 points. There was not really an answer for her all night. I think she had 18 in the first half. Chelsea Gray ended up having 21, but Kelsey Plum was really the difference maker in this one, and she was just magnificent on all ends of the floor. The energy was everywhere. You can hardly tell she's one of the smaller players out there as a guard. She put up 20 points and had her best game of the past couple of weeks. So now the Aces win it by 14. They go to Connecticut for a game three tomorrow. And this was just a huge, huge boost for them. You got to see Greg Popovich come into the locker room. Him and Becky Hammond, obviously very close from coaching together in San Antonio. And uh, actually, before we bring in our guest for the day, I do just want to do a little bit of what we call the small trophy display. So in honor of Kelsey Plum and her great game last night, this is a nice little league trophy I had back when I played one of my couple years of baseball. Uh, You know, very small, kind of reminiscent of Kelsey Plum's all-star MVP trophy. And we have uh, another one over here, probably about equal in size. It's beautiful, nice and gold microphone. I, I feel just like Kelsey Plum holding this one. And then we have actually the biggest one of all, which is one of my soccer trophies from youth. It was the uh, Aqua Dragons in the fall of 2010. I mean, this might actually equal the size of Kelsey Plum's all-star MVP trophy. And I just want to clarify, it's not a diss on Kelsey Plum. I am a massive fan of hers. I think it's more so funny that uh, me in any category of anything is probably just miles worse at it than Kelsey Plum is at most things, especially the game of basketball. So she deserves a little bit of love. And if the Aces have a chance to hoist a trophy come Thursday, then I hope that Kelsey Plum gets to have one a little bit bigger than these little guys. And I I realize that if you're listening to the audio version of this, this would be a great reminder to tell you to check us out on YouTube, you can just search screaming from the sidelines and it will probably come right up under the channel name of Greg Silver. So thank you very much for my small trophy display. And uh, why don't you go check out some of your own? Maybe you got some great options. I'd love to see any pictures you find if you tag me in them. I'd now like to welcome our fantastic guest. We're bringing on a force in the L.A. sports scene. He is the founder of Nightcast Media, a serious XM reporter. He's had his work featured all over, including SB Nation, NBC LA, and AXS.com, just to name a few. And he knows a thing or two about these Las Vegas Aces, who are now just one game away from winning the WNBA title. So, Nick Hamilton, thank you for joining the show. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, I'm trying to cover sports and entertainment, culture. You know, it's it's, it's a job, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in a winning place. You're in the city of the Super Bowl champions. Now the other football team in L.A. is looking pretty good. And now you got the Las Vegas Aces, which you've been covering for a few years, and they are on the brink of a WNBA title. So I know you were at the game 
last night in game two. And so, you know, we can talk about what's going wrong for the sun, but let's start with what is going right for the aces in your eyes as they're looking to close this out. Her name is Chelsea Gray. That's what's going right for the aces. I mean, but when you look at this entire team, I mean, obviously they had to learn a, a new system under Becky Hammond. She brought in a great coaching staff. Um, Asia Wilson had to change positions, had to learn pretty much how to, to be in that position, to be effective in that position. Um, Jackie Young did some incredible offseason work, which is showing us why she was the most improved player in the WNBA. Um, and she's definitely a force to be reckoned with from downtown. Um, you look at Kelsey Plum, who's healthy. Uh, really being able to get after it, not just offensively, but when the offensive shots weren't falling like they were in game one, she she made sure she anchored it down on the defensive end. Um, Asia Wilson, I mean, what can I say? Two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, one game away, as you mentioned, from being a, a, a WNBA champion. And when I spoke with her, um, you know, one thing she told me was, listen, that's the one thing that I think about every day is bringing a championship to this franchise, bringing a championship to this city. And they would be the first team professionally in that city to bring a championship to Las Vegas, uh, which would be monumental in itself. And it's great not only for the city, it's great for the organization. I think there's a top-notch organization from top to bottom. Hats off to Mark Davis, who's also the Raiders owner, uh, for purchasing the team and really investing in the team the way it needed from the president uh, to the scouting department um, and having a good sense to hire uh, a young woman named Becky Hammond uh, who also was was a good WNBA player. People forget that. She was really uh, a really good WNBA player, very high basketball IQ, learned under the, one of the greats in the NBA, under Greg Popovich, who was actually there at game two last night, went in the locker room last night uh, and gave his feedback. And, you know, what, what Becky Hammond was able to do, and the one thing I think people, as she was also coach of the year, but one thing she mentioned uh, when she spoke with us and said, you know what? I, I gave them different terminology. They learned the WNBA terminology. Obviously, the WNBA game has to be coached a different way. Uh, but she also gave them NBA terminology. Now, the only reason why she was able to effectively disseminate that is because she was under Greg Popovich and being around the San Antonio Spurs organization. And for that, to me, I think that was tremendous strategy because a lot of these coaches that are in the WNBA have no NBA experience. Um, so to be able to throw your opponent off and be able to switch and space the floor. And that's what a lot of the players love. They, they love how she's able to space the floor. You see how they like to get up and down the floor and get after it. Um, she treats them as a collective, but she also knows how to talk to them individually. But also the first person she reached out to was Asia Wilson, uh, which was smart because Asia being the leader that she is. Um, and as she told me, you know, she got her leader. She talks about Coach Staley and how Coach Staley has been monumental in her life, as well as Becky Hammond being coached by two former WNBA players, but her mama is the one uh, that taught her about her leadership qualities, which is who uh, very, very essential. Uh, her parents have been at every at both games uh, in Las Vegas, which was great to see. Obviously, John Morant from the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, there, there's a South Carolina connection there. Um, the families know one another. So it's just great to see everything coming together for these aces, and they've worked in t so hard. Uh, they've been very diligent um, and they've gone through strides. I mean, every team, every great team goes through through strides. Um, a lot of people were concerned when they lost the last five out of seven games in the first half of the season before they went to the All-Star break. And they pretty much had to come to Jesus moment. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to step up? Or are we going to fall off, basically? 
and they rose to the occasion and they were the number two seed they eventually usurped the chicago sky and became the number one seed and that's why they are here today and they're going on to game three in connecticut and hopefully try to pull out a win uh to sweep the connecticut sun yeah absolutely you're just talking about your whole answer really just gives a winning culture from top to bottom you got becky hammond who's done a tremendous job She's experienced a whole lot of winning. She's been in the running for NBA head coaching positions. And it seems like, especially after this year, that's the kind of thing that she surely can get if she wants in the future. Right now, she's focused on Las Vegas. She's got the best player on her team. Chelsea Gray, you said, I mean, it's we talked about it earlier in the show, but it's hard to even feel like she's done anything wrong in this postseason. And then you got somebody like Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young as these other great pieces really really tough to overcome a team like that in a series so um you know game three it's like the sun have nothing to lose right so like what version of the sun do you think that we're going to get because on one hand you could make the argument that we get the backs against the wall sun that just play free and loose and physical and that's how they've worked their way to this finals or on the other hand, you might think that a team like the Aces has worn them down and maybe the Sun don't have that much gas in the tank. I mean, both things can be true. It wouldn't surprise me if the Sun come out and they win game three. I've, I've always said sometimes going back home with that crowd behind them, uh, being able to sleep in their own beds for a while, sometimes that could be the difference maker, uh, especially both teams have to travel. So I don't think fatigue is an issue, I think, because both teams have to travel uh, and they traveled approximately within an hour or two of each other. So time travel, they have they have they have uh, chartered flights, which are direct flights to Connecticut. Um, so that's not going to be an issue. Uh, but I just think sometimes when I look at the faces of, of, of Courtney and I look at Alyssa Thomas and I look at John Quill Jones, they look like they look they look like the Riddler. They had the question marks on their faces. Um, Kurt Miller being a head coach, you know, he looked he looked perplexed. Uh, because they didn't expect to get their asses handed to them the way that they did in game two because they were just a couple of possessions away in game one from actually taking and still in game one. Um, but the Aces held up defensively, and they were able to, to come out with the win in game one. But game two, they, the Aces just ran with it. And it looked like, from my perspective, they probably they possibly broke their spirits uh, because when you have a, mag a game like that of that magnitude and you blow them out, um, that is a, a devastating blow when you're on the road and you're down 0-2 and have to, and you're forced now to come back. And sometimes teams rise to the occasion. Sometimes de teams do four much with four left shoes and don't even know it. Uh, and they, they end up to overexert themselves and they make costly mistakes. Um, and, and that forges uh, uh, the, their opposition uh, to take advantage and win the ball game. So uh, when I spoke with Chelsea Gray uh, on Tuesday night, and I just asked her, hey, what do you guys have to do for game three to get a win? And she said, you know, it's possession by possession. It's quarter by quarter, basically. And, you know, that extra pass, that extra screen, that extra look, that's what it's going to take for us to try to get this win because we know we're going to a hostile environment. We know we're going back to their place now. We took care of home court, and now we got to go over there and take care of what we came to do all season, which was to capture a title. Yeah, no doubt. I think they understand the – tough task and actually when Greg Popovich came into the locker room I guess one thing that he and Becky Hammond always said with San Antonio was the sweetest wins are the ones 
that come on the road. So they are not underestimating the task of the Sun. Somebody who's underperformed thus far in the finals is Dewana Bonner. And I want to talk about her because I know that John Paul Jones was the 2021 MVP and she is a terrific player, but am I crazy to feel like Dewana Bonner is the clear leader of the sun throughout this postseason? Well, I think the, I think the, the they do have leadership comes in different phases. I think John Quill Jones is one of the leaders. I think you look at Alyssa Thomas. I think you look at obviously Dewana Bonner, who has been very, very, I mean, she's been shakier than the California earthquake because when you look at how offensively she's pretty much just settled for what she was given. She wasn't aggressive, especially in game two. She wasn't aggressive. Uh, she didn't take, um, you know, the, the she wasn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She wasn't assertive as she, as we seen her, as we saw her rather in the Chicago series. Um, so I think a lot of times she might be worn down. Um, and then that, 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 defense of the aces can wear you down after a while especially when they go small and they like to get after it and go out and run um, you're going to have to run with them and if you can't keep up uh you're going to be in serious trouble and i think that's what we find dewana bonner um i don't think it's going to much is going to change for dewana bonner in game three uh because i think she's pretty much just been worn down it's going to have to come down to Alyssa Thomas. it's going to have to come down to courtney it's going to have to come down to john quell um and then be able to execute the plays that Kurt Miller instills upon them as far as being able to shoot, be up under the basket, stay in the paint, uh, and dominate the paint, uh, much like how we saw in game one. Yeah, I'm glad you bring all that up because the Sun are clearly one of the premier teams in the league. They deserve to be here, but it seems like we haven't really seen all of their main players play their best basketball all at once. Like, Dewana Bonner was really hot. Now she's cold. John Quill Jones has had her ups as well as her downs. Alyssa mm-hmm. Thomas is a great tone setter, but sometimes the offense is not there and she has to really rely on the defense. And then Courtney Williams has really excelled the last few games, but had a stretch there in that opening round. And then again against the sky where she wasn't really getting it done on the offensive end either. So if we can see all four of those players really put it together, I think the Sun have a chance to steal game three and make this a little bit of an interesting series. The one question I want to ask about the aces to you as someone who's covered them for a while is that a lot of people said, including myself on the show Mm -hmm. last week, that that aces versus storm series felt like a WNBA finals. Do you think the Seattle storm were the biggest test that the aces could possibly face in the postseason? Oh, by far. I think that was their that was their juggernaut. I think when you look at two teams that are as hungry for trying to reach uh, the WNBA finals to capture that brass ring, obviously for different reasons. We know Seattle because of Sue Birds last year, they wanted to get one for her and her go out on top of glory. Uh, obviously, Brianna Stewart at the time was in the running for the MVP, along with Asia Wilson for the for the Las Vegas Aces. And then the Aces wanted to be there once again and actually capture that brass ring, especially in the first year for Becky Hammond. Um, and what she's able to instill in that in in that in that team and in that locker room. So I think it was two juggernauts. It was like it's like watching two heavyweight boxers go at it and slug it out. Um, and that's what it was. It was epic. It was incredible. I think to me it was one of the best series. And you know, to me, I think they kind of dropped the ball. And I mean, they meaning the the league as far as advertisement and marketing was concerned because they were so hyper focused on Sue Bird, which absolutely Sue Bird is legendary, no question. But I think when you look past Sue Bird, 
you were looking at the micro instead of the macro, meaning what is com- what is coming down the road. Well, you have Brianna Stewart, you have an Asia Wilson. That was your magic and bird. That was your Kobe against LeBron, uh, the way the NBA likes to bring parity. And I think that's one of the things that, that I mentioned to the commissioner, uh, Kathy Engelberg, was the fact that, you know, how do you get game viewership without any parity or at least emphasizing parity uh, like the NBA did? Because if you recall in the 85, when David Stern took over, he really emphasized the rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers. Obviously, they already had a historic rivalry. But when you had Magic with the Lakers and Bird with the Celtics and two of the, 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 the top guys in college coming out, being drafted and then facing each other on the professional level, I think it just took it to a whole other level as far as the NBA was concerned, which opened up the door for a guy like named Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who obviously is the GOAT, um, argue with your mom. Uh, but any other than that, and then it, it paved the way for guys like Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant, and, and so forth. So uh, I think the WNBA is going to have to follow a similar model to, to increase the engagement uh, when it comes to their fan base and be able to market players like those two going at, especially if Stewie decides to stay in Seattle. Um, And you have Asia Wilson obviously going to remain in Las Vegas. That's going to be a nice rivalry uh, between those two because now they're going to be facing each other not only in the regular season, but potentially in the postseason, uh, which all eyes will definitely be on them in the postseason. And that's where they can build. And then you can build other stars like a Sabrina. You can build other stars – Excuse me, like John Quayle, you can build obviously Ryan Howard in in in, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Neka Gumake if she decides to stay in Los Angeles. Um, you know, and, and people like that. Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, that was the best test to get back to your original question. That was the best test I think the Aces face. And that's why I think they've been so successful because I think they learned from that game one loss in that series against the Seattle Storm. That's why they, they made it imperative to make sure they took game one and made a statement in game one. And then obviously they made a huge statement. They were loud, about as loud as that crowd was for the first two games inside Michelob Ultra Arena, uh, that they are they are for real. They are not going to back down. Um, they are not going to be punked. They're not going to be pushed around. And like I, I joked with Asia Wilson, I said, oh, I saw you in game one. You They were getting physical. And you said, oh, you want physical? I got your physical right here. Amazing. And I actually... I've been looking for a way to put it into words for so long. I think you just did it perfectly saying, focusing on the macro instead of the micro. And I do think that's the next step for women's basketball as a whole, because you got a nationally televised game like you did in that insane game three between the aces and storm. But it was a lot of attention on Sue bird and not that she didn't deserve it, but women's basketball, what you're seeing a lot of is attention on individual players uh, like a good example is UConn's Paige Beckers. And I have nothing against Paige. Absolutely love her. She's a complete stud and is going to be a star for a decade and a half, maybe two decades to come. But, you know, you hear a lot about one individual player when you're looking at the postseason picture as a whole this last March. And you're like, wait a minute, what's really like going on with a lot of these rivalries, these matchups? You got Don Staley searching her historic title and everything. So, I do believe I mean, that's the next step. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this show, we are a betting show, but I really do love focusing on basketball more than betting. That said, the spread came out from Caesar Sportsbook. It is Connecticut minus one in game three. The over-unders at 160. We got some interesting trends and stuff, which I'll say in a second. But 
like, where do you stand if you had to put down your prediction for who's going to win? Like, the son of proving the public wrong time and time uh, again. But it's hard to see this Aces team losing. Do you think this ends tomorrow? I think it possibly ends tomorrow. I think even uh, see one minus one is not a good sign. That's only because you got home court. That's saying now, if it was minus five, I say, okay, that might be that might be a sneaky win for the Connecticut Sun. Um, I think the first quarter is going to really be telling. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, tighter than a the, than the Rihanna jumpsuit. Um, I think it's going to be something where, um, you know, the Aces are going to have to step up. Uh, Kelsey Plum is going to have to have another offensive, a hot offensive game like she had in game two. Asia Wilson is going to be Asia Wilson. Chelsea's going to have to, you know, be healthy. Uh, we know she had a she had a situation with her ankle, um, but she came back. Um, so I'm sure she's getting round the clock treatment with that ankle. Um, but she's she's so fierce and she's such a warrior. Um, she she'd play on one leg if she needed to to get that win. Um, and I, I'm calling it now. I think she's the finals MVP. Um, there's no question about it. I think Chelsea Chelsea Gray has earned that. She's definitely been a force throughout the, the whole playoff picture. Um, but the, especially in these finals, man, the, the 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 acrobatics that she was able to do, um, and some of the some of the moves look like a la the late great Kobe Bryant, uh, where she would do some things and she was kind of like, you know, that's kind of something that Kobe would do. And they all understand. Listen, you know, and they they echo the same sentiment sentiments that that Kobe echoed when he was in the finals. Jobs not finished. Jobs not done. Um, and they understand that, so they're not getting hyped. They're not getting too low. They're just keeping an even kill. Um, and I think they're going to be focused. They're going to be locked in. Um, something I saw in Asia Wilson, just real quick, before she took the court in game one, I'd never seen her that locked in. Like, she's always been locked in, but it was something, it was a different vibe. It was a different energy about her when she was pregame warming up for game one. You know, and I hadn't seen that in a long time. And I said, uh-oh, this team is in for her. Because when she's locked in, the way she's been locked in, there's no hope. I mean, the only thing, like I said, Connecticut has to take it quarter by quarter. They can't get involved. They can't play aces basketball. They have to be able to be a power force down low and in the post like they've been doing, especially what we saw in game one, um, how they were crashing the boards. Um, but other than that, I don't know how you can come back. I mean, they've thrown everything at the aces but the kitchen sink. And they try to throw that the kitchen sink and missed. Um, so I don't know what can be done to stop this team. There's no answer for Chelsea Gray. There's no answer for Asia Wilson. There's no answer. Now we know Kelsey because Kelsey Plum came back in game two with the vengeance offensively. But the two days prior when she was doing shoot around and practices, she was the man. She was the only one out there when they had just regular shooter, you know, walk through and shoot around. She was the only one out there shooting up, getting up shots from the, from the three point line inside the three within it within the, the you know in the free throw line she was working on her shot diligently and uh like asia wilson said uh, on tuesday night hey i had to give her a good cussing out and remind her who she was and, and kelsey said you know what i gotta take that you know i talk with my psychologist i talk with other people and then asia comes and tells me hey man get your stuff together uh she didn't say that but you know you can go to my twitter page you can see, hear exactly what she said um but and she stepped, she rose to the challenge and she stepped up. And I think that's what everybody's going to do. Jackie Young's going to have to step up tomorrow. Raquana Williams is going to have to step up tomorrow. Um, and they're all going to have to play as a collective, but be their individual selves. And 
minus one for Connecticut, not a whole lot of hope. Okay, that's interesting. So, you know, as a host, I got to make a pick on this one. And it's hard, right? Because there's so many convincing arguments for the Aces. Minus one, not the most promising spread. That said, I feel like out of respect for Kurt Miller and Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner and John Quell Jones, I think it's worth making a pick because if the Sun are going to win a game, it's probably going to be now. I think if they win this game, I don't see them winning game four. I think the series probably ended last night with the way that Kelsey Plum responded. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, she was like the leading scorer for this team all season. Didn't win MVP. She was phenomenal. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, the Sun are going to have to score, right? But they still lead the league in this postseason with shots attempted in the restricted area and makes in the restricted area, as well as shots attempted and made inside the paint. So you're going to get a lot of slashing and thrashing down low. It's hard when you're going against an Asia Wilson or a Kia Stokes, but they're going to be playing desperate. So if they're going to show any sign of life, I think it is tomorrow. Uh, That said, I do want to pump the brakes on my prediction a little bit because Becky Hammond is winning this halftime adjustments game by a mile. So if it's close at halftime or if the aces have a lead at halftime or if the aces are winning double digits at halftime, forget about it. Yeah. Even if the aces are trailing by four or five at halftime, it doesn't matter. Like that's been proven. It doesn't matter. They, they know how you, like you said, she's the queen of adjustments. She's, she's a, and even in quarter by quarter adjustments as well, because she's been able to do quarter by quarter adjustments, even in game two, when they were kind of getting a little lackadaisical when they came out in, in the opening opening minutes of the third quarter, she called timeouts and look, it's getting, you know, because they, they had the lead narrowed down. And they, when they came out of that timeout, man, they, they were like a well-oiled machine. They were spacing. They had good ball control. They had good ball movement. Shot selection was up there. And like I said, and when I watched that fourth quarter of the game on Tuesday night, about the last not eight, nine minutes, I said, okay, what's going to get them over the hump and keep them over the hump is clock management and proper ball control. They can do that. It was obviously addition to scoring, but I'm saying those two things they were able to manage, they're going to be able to, to, to blow this team out. And they, that's exactly what they did. I mean, they put in the start, they put in the bench at, at a minute 59 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they took out all the starters, which was smart. Um, and then even the, the bench got involved. I mean, they knocked, in, knocked down a couple of threes um, as a result. So this team is wired differently. Um, I'm not, I don't trust their bench. I, I'm not named uh, Raquana Williams, but they found a way to win. Um, and Asia Wilson, don't be surprised if Asia Wilson plays at least 39 or 40 minutes of that game on, on Thursday because you got to give it all you got. This is it. Um, I picked the Aces in four personally, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I agree. And the Sun are going to need a little bit of help from the Aces side because if you have more than two of those scoring juggernauts playing well, this is going to be a very, very tall mountain to climb. If you can get Asia Wilson not having her best game and Chelsea Gray not having her best game, and maybe then the burden's all on Kelsey Plum. I think there's a chance you could win a thrashing, gritty defensive battle. But if the aces come locked in and everything's working, I mean, put it this way. If this game 
or if this series is going to be a sweep, I think we're going to be able to tell within six to eight minutes of Thursday night. I think if the aces come out swinging it's going to be pretty telling. Uh, otherwise, if it looks like a battle, we might have a good game for 40 minutes. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a good game for at least the first half. I think there'll be, like you said, there'll be adjustments made. But I, I tell you what, if Jackie Young gets about 11, 12 points and everybody else is scoring, it'll be a long night for the Connecticut Sun and Kurt Miller. His key card may or may not be working after game three. Well, the... Las Vegas Aces are 27 and 6 when they score at least 78 points, which is 12 points below their regular season average. And if they're shooting at least 44%, they are 21 and 4. So, like you said, if you get a Jackie Young getting in double figures, that might be the nail in the coffin. And uh, Kurt Miller, I do commend him for the job he's done with this team, but he has a really tough task to climb. And right now, it just feels like the sun are not the same as the Aces. And I think the Sun are a little tougher team as far as if they had a choice between the Sun or Chicago, uh, if the Aces have to face. I think this is a little tougher matchup uh, because they're not used to having all those bigs, especially in the post. If they had Chicago, they'd be wiping the floor. And I, I love Candace Parker. I have, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her and Kalia Copper, but they would have been no match for this, this, this Aces team. Not at all. Not at all, especially if they got blown out by the sun. There's no way. Yeah, it brings us back to that semifinal matchup where the Seattle Storm really did feel like the finals matchup. And I talked about it on the show. I didn't want to fully discredit the sky or the sun, but that other series was on a different tier than the one across the bracket from them. Hey man, I said, listen, I said whoever wins this series is gonna win the championship. There's no because there's nobody else that could that was on their level when it came to the level of competition, the fit defense, offense, the hunger that, that these two teams showed, obviously various reasons why they wanted to get to the finals. And I just didn't see that in the in the sun and the sky. And especially in the Chicago sky, which was really surprising when I saw they got they got blown out. Uh, I was really surprised at that because I, I, I like, I think James Wade is an excellent coach. Um, I think he had a very deep bench uh, when it came to, I think he got probably one of the deepest benches uh, out of the four to me, just because of his rotation, his sets. Um, obviously, you know, he won executive of the year for a reason. And, but I, I was told when I saw that, I said, okay, it's over for Chicago. I said, game five, Connecticut. It's over. Um I would have loved to see Chicago and Las Vegas. I think that's what everybody wanted to see Asia against Candace Parker. Uh, but unfortunately, you don't always get what you want or what you wish for. So were you surprised that the Sun came back even when they were down 10 in fourth quarter of game five? I was I was surprised as far as how the, the sky allowed them to come back. Because normally when the sky have you on the ropes, they usually go for the, the juggernaut. I mean, the jugular, rather, and they just knock you out, and that's it. It's done. They, you know, finish him, you know, for my Mortal Kombat fans out there. Uh, and that's what, you, that's what you've seen, um, you know, even at parts throughout the season. So it was very shocking that they went on, what was a 17, 18 old run? 18, to yeah. Win they, I mean, that was ridiculous. Like, where, nobody wants to play defense? Like, nobody wants to score? They just... They just said, "Oh, the hell with it. We just gonna walk home. I guess it's over. And, uh, let's 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 get packing. Let's get let's get the vacations going." 
I mean, it was just, it's like they gave up. They quit. And I couldn't understand for the life of me, you know, the, because they worked so hard and talk about the Chicago sky all season long to get to that. I mean, they 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 get to that number one spot and they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't overcome that type of uh, diverse uh, adversity, rather, when it came to uh, beating a team of that caliber. Repeating is a very big challenge, and we are going to have a first-time WNBA champion one way or another. It's looking like it could be the Las Vegas Aces as soon as tomorrow night. Uh, Nick Hamilton, thank you so much for all your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm hoping the Aces uh, win the championship. When I covered the Aces and the Sky last year, the Sky were able to win the championship. So hopefully some of my good luck charm will rub off on the Aces this year. And not to mention your L.A. good luck charm and everything associated with that. But we're going to have to have you back on the show at some point. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 for more of his high-level content. The Las Vegas Aces are going to look to hoist a trophy uh, sponsored by the Kelsey Plum small trophies here tomorrow night against the (laughs) sun. If you want to bet on that one, go throw in those bets. And if you want to just keep screaming and keep watching hoops, that's cool with me too. keep screaming, keep watching hoops, keep it real because we'll be back next week with a new WNBA champion. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.